Hello, and welcome to the Kingdom Corner Podcast, where you can propel your faith into even deeper levels as we discuss how to live the kingdom culture on earth as it is in heaven, just as Jesus prayed. Here's your host, the great Matt Geib. Hello, hello, Kingdom Corner Podcast devotees and followers. The great Matt Geib with you today once again. In the middle of July here, a beautiful, beautiful day here in the Seattle area, sunny and about 75. And I just wanted to share a few things with you before the start of this wonderful episode on Philippians 3, 1 to 7. Philippians 3, 1 to 7. Uh, I wanted to share that I'm taking you into a teaching I did because I taught this class last summer on Philippians in the King's Company, a great group of people that I've been associated with and been privileged to be with and minister to for the past, well, it's been four years now, under uh, Tyler Frick. I wanted to just put an ad, a a blurb, um, you know, out there for him and the King's Company. This week, we're in the King's Company Kingdom Life Coaches Challenge every day for three or four hours. That's what we're doing as a team in the King's Company, in which I've taught for three, four years now. I teach there on a weekly basis. I coach there. And uh, I'm just short of time right now uh, to, to put a lesson together. However, the lesson that I taught last year on Philippians 3, 1 to 7, I think was very good and suitable. So I'm going to take you into that teaching here in, in a few moments. It talks about the notes for the lesson. The notes will be for this lesson will be in the show notes, a lot of parallel passages and things that you can study if you want to study further. And so I'm just um, excited to have you listen to this podcast. I believe it's a transforming podcast on rejoicing and on giving everything over to the Lord. So having said that, I'm going to take you now into... Philippians 3, 1 to 7, baggage. I love you, Lord. I worship you. You are worthy. I love you, Lord. I worship you. For you alone are worthy. I love you, Lord. I worship you. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, Jesus. Hallelujah. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. Finally. Or as the as the Greek says here, as for the rest. I don't care what's going on in your life today. As for the rest of it. What's going on today? What's going on tomorrow? What went on in the past? Rejoice in the Lord. It's today, among other things. Rejoice in the Lord. I can't say that enough. Let's rejoice. Let's let's worship Him for us for a minute here, for a moment here before we start. Father, we rejoice in you. We thank you. We we lift you up. We glory in you, Lord. You alone are worthy. You alone are the reason we're here. You alone are the reason that we're even drawing a breath today. Thank you, Lord, for the situation you put us down in. Thank you, Lord, for our families. Thank you for our sustenance and providing for us, Lord. We glory in that. We thank you for it. We thank you that you are worthy, Lord, that you are guiding and and directing our paths and our steps. We are righteous men and women guided and directed by you. We rejoice in you, Lord. You're strengthening us, Lord. You're you're, um, so worthy of praise, Lord. It's hard to express what's on my heart today. Lord, we rejoice in you. We glory in you. We give you the glory, Father. Hallelujah, Lord. You alone are worthy, Lord. Take these words, take these thoughts today and and just use them for your glory. Use them for your 
furtherance of the kingdom, as Paul would say. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. I'm fired up today. Finally, finally, all the rest. That's what the Greek says. As for all the rest, all the rest, I don't care what else you're doing today, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in him. Glory in him. And that will put you on the right path. That will direct your path. That He will... He will come down and direct you in your life, whatever it is you need. Uh, we could stop right there, but let's get into the lesson today. Philippians 3, 1 to 7. I've titled this baggage, and maybe later on we'll see why. Baggage. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things to you is not tedious, but for you it is safe, or it is a certainty. It's a certainty. Rejoicing is a certainty. Hallelujah! COVID-19 is not certain. Maybe the vaccine's not certain. Maybe what's going on in the world, in your world today, and in the United States today, is not certain. But rejoicing in the Lord is certain. It's a certainty. It's something you can hold on to and draw from today. Oh, I feel that so strongly. Whatever you're experiencing, whatever you're going through, to rejoice in Him is a certainty. It will make your feet like hinds feet, sure-footed. Hallelujah. Beware of dogs, verse 2. Beware of evil workers. Beware of the mutilation. For we are the circumcision who worship God in the Spirit. Rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh. If anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I the more so. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin. A Hebrew of the Hebrews, concerning the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, these things I have counted loss for Christ. <clears throat> Let's break this down further. Now we're going to go into the details of this. Finally, and just as I was talking about, Finally, or not as to meaning the ending of a thing, or of this letter, letter, but the Greek conveys literally, as for the rest, meaning something left over to discuss or point out. I'm going to point out to you today to rejoice. That's what Paul is doing. Interesting. Chapter 3, verse 1. It's right about the middle of the whole book. The whole book, the whole of Philippians. What's come before, what's going to come after, as for the rest, as for it all. The bottom line is to rejoice. Find a reason to rejoice in it. Uh, meaning something left over to discuss. Paul switches emphasis from the inner dissension, which we talked about among the two women, uh, and he was addressing a bit, to maybe even a greater problem that was on the horizon here. Um, and that was namely uh, an attack from the outside by those of the Judaizers. Those, that is basically to tell you what they were. They were uh, a group of people who sought to bring back the law along with salvation, combine it with salvation, but you had to do certain things and certain rites in order that your salvation was sure. And, and what is the antidote to that? What is the preventive measure for that, for worrying about something like that? Is to rejoice in the Lord. That's what he says. He begins to point out the preventive measure. So let's let's look at rejoice a bit. You know, I sang some songs about rejoicing, but it's a beautiful word. It's a simple word um, in the Hebrew and in the Greek language. To rejoice. What does rejoice mean? Basically to rejoice, to be glad. Often used in greetings or farewells in these letters that Paul wrote and uh, Peter and the other um, disciples or apostles wrote. To rejoice exceedingly. To be well, to thrive, to exude heartfelt joy, to be cheerful, to be calm or calmly happy. That is a peace and content. To be glad, to spring about. That means to me dancing, you know, rejoicing, dancing. You know, the Christian faith, the faith that we have is alive. It's meant to be experienced in every one of our senses. You know, it's meant to be experienced with your tears. It's meant to be experienced and shouted out. It's meant to be, uh, you know, calmly uh, just enjoying the peace of God. All the emotions. It's meant, We're meant to experience God 
in our whole body, in our feelings. You know, there's those prophets out there. I think Janine said to me once she was one of them who feels things, who feels things in her body. You talk about healing with people. Uh, when we get a word of, uh, of healing for somebody, sometimes we feel that in our, you know, my knee really hurts. It's not my knee, but it's somebody that we're ministering to maybe out in a meeting uh, that we're getting that feeling and sensation for. The word of God, the, the things of God are meant to be experienced. They're meant to be felt in our body, you know. In him we live and move and have our being. I, I feel that so strongly today. You know, I have my being in him. I'm rejoicing in him. Uh, as for the rest, I'm going to rejoice. Notice these words. It's a verb. Rejoice is a verb. It's an action word. To and be. It's something I choose to do. And we're going we're gonna to read through some of these scriptures. Thou shalt. Let's read the first one. Kind of, there's a lot of them here. You could say it's your own parallel scripture word study that you can look to later. Like I've said before here a number of times, the notes are, are up there uploaded for you under the um, lesson baggage for today, 8-20-21. Um, they're right up there in the uh, media section of, of this group. You can download them and you can follow through with us or look later. And I try to put them together in such a way so people can study them later. Um, so it's an action word. It's something we choose to do. And let's read about this. Deuteronomy, let's do this. If you have the words, if you have the lesson in front of you, I want you to follow along with me. I'm just going to, a lot of times I, I get tongue-tied because, I one, I get so excited about the word sometimes, and two, I feel like I have to rush. But I don't want to rush through this section. I just want to take time with it. If you have those in front of you and you're looking at that with me right now, we're looking under Rejoice, and I have, it's um, bolded there for you. It's, um, you know, those little little dots there for the points of each scripture. Let's just, I've highlighted certain ones that I read through this morning. I want you, like we do in some churches, I've been in them where they always want to read some liturgy, you know, and it's kind of dead. But let's really read these together. Let's read them together. You read them with me out loud, if you can, where you're at. Or under your breath, if if it's going to interrupt other people. But let's read them together, if you can. If not, you can just listen. Deuteronomy twenty six eleven. And thou shalt rejoice in every good thing, which the Lord thy God hath given unto thee. Isn't that good? Second Chronicles twenty twenty seven. For the Lord hath made them to rejoice over their enemies. Amen? i got to keep reading or I might just start preaching. <laughs> Psalm 9, 2. I will be glad and rejoice in thee. I will sing praises to thy name, O thou most high. Let's read that again. I will be glad and rejoice in thee. I will sing praise to thy name, O thou most high. Okay, I'm going to go to the next page. Psalm 89.16, in thy name shall they rejoice all the day, and in thy righteousness shall they be exalted. <laughs> Let's read that again. In thy name they shall rejoice an hour of the day. Is that what it says? No, it says, I, they shall rejoice all the day, and in thy righteousness they shall be exalted. Oh, my, oh, my, I just have to stop. If you're exalting all the day in the Lord, if you're rejoicing in him all day, and I don't, that doesn't mean you have to run around your neighborhood or your community like a crazy person and always be shouting that out loud, unless God tells you to do that. But you can be saying that under your breath. You can be saying that in the marketplace. You can be saying that at work. You can be rejoicing in your heart all the day long, and then the connection to that, Thy righteousness shall be exalted. <laughs> His righteousness in you will come out, yes, when you're rejoicing in him. All the rest, I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what happened yesterday. I don't care if the Seahawks lost 20 to 7. I don't care if you have a flat tire. I mean, I, I do care about you if you've had some things you're going through. But all the rest, rejoice in the Lord. Let's go on. And this is what we sang about Psalm 118.24. 
This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Oh, how we need to get up out of bed and that be one of the first things we say, Lord, this is the day you've made. I'll rejoice in it. Psalm 119.62, I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. That, that one's for me. I highlighted that twice. I find great spoil. I find great treasure in your word. You know, he's put that love in me for the word of God. He's put that love in you for the word of God. That's why you're at the King's Company School for the word of God. Amen? Habakkuk, here's some more promises for some of you. Uh, whatever your situation is. Habakkuk 3, 17 and 18. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall there be in the vines the labor of the olive oil shall fail, and the field shall yield no heat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Let's say the last part again. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Whatever state you're in, whether you're abounding right now or whether you're under some kind of real trial, maybe a trial provision, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Amen? I've been there. I've gone through some of these things okay, in my life. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying I always pass the test. But I'm learning to rejoice. Amen? Zephaniah 3.17 this is how God feels about you this morning. This is how he, he views you this morning. The Lord thy God in the midst of thee. He's in the midst of us right here at the King's Company School. If you're listening to this, when you get on the videos, when you get on the teaching, the Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in his love. He will joy over thee with singing. Let's read that again. The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He's in your midst today, especially if you're among the brethren here. He will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in his love. He will joy over thee with singing. Let's look at the next one, Luke 6, 22 to 23. Are you going through some persecution today for your faith? Out in the work workplace, out in the marketplace? Read this one. Blessed are ye when men shall hate you, and when they shall separate you from their company, and shall reproach you, and cast your name as an evil, as evil, for the Son of Man's sake. Listen to this. I wrote this. Or I highlighted it several times. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy. <laughs> Rejoice in that day and leap for joy. For behold, your reward is great in heaven. For in the manner did their fathers unto the prophets. <clears throat> Let's read some last ones here. 1 Corinthians 12, 26. And whether one member suffer, all members suffer with it. And when one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. I'm rejoicing with all of you. Whatever promotions you receive, whatever um, honors you get, you know, I'm rejoicing. I honor you. I honor the students in the King's Company School. I honor those who are elevated to uh, being coaches and to being uh, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, I honor you. You know, I rejoice for you. First Thessalonians 5:16, a command: rejoice an hour of the day. No, rejoice evermore. First Peter 1:8, whom having not seen you love, in whom though now ye see him not, yet believing you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of joy, glory. Rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. There's another old song. It's joy unspeakable and full of glory, full of glory, full of glory. There is joy unspeakable and full of glory, and the half has never yet been told. Amen. The half has never yet been told. Finally, the end game. What we're really shooting for. What's really happening here. Uh, in the end, we win. We win. We win. We don't have to worry about what the score of the game will be or who wins. Revelation 19.7. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the Lamb has come and his wife 
has made herself ready. Are you making yourself ready today, King's Company students, saints? Yes, you are. So rejoice and be glad because there will be a marriage. There will be a wedding, okay, of the Lamb. Wow. Uh, let's go on. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write these things to you is not tedious, but it's safe. It's a safeguard. It's a precaution for safety. It protects you. When you're worshiping him and you're rejoicing in him, it's a protection. Remember in Chronicles where they brought the army down uh, against the Moabites, and they said, what are we going to do? How are we going to face all these hordes? And he says, put the army of, uh, of worshipers out there. <laughs> and that's how they were protected. And remember the Moabites and the other enemies, they killed each other. You remember that story. First or Second Chronicles 20, I believe. It's a safeguard. It's a certainty. COVID-19, what's going on in the United States now, that's not a certainty. But rejoicing in him is a certainty. It's a safeguard. It's something you can build your life upon, right? <laughs> amen and amen. And, and, you know, it, it seems on, we go to verse 2 and 3, beware of dogs, beware of evil workers. It almost seems like he's changing the sub subject. What's going on here? From worshiping, from rejoicing? What, what's this got to do with this? And yet, uh, it is connected because a solution to the Judaizer problem was to rejoice in the Lord. As for the rest, as for those guys out there, that want to add the law to your faith, that want you to do all these rites, that want you to go get ahead and be circumcised, forget that. Rejoice in God. Rejoice. If you're unsure about something, rejoice in God. I believe he'll bring you an answer. Uh, beware of the dogs. Beware of the evil workers. Beware of the mutilation. Verse 2 and 3. For we are the circumcision who worship God in the Spirit. Rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Uh, beautiful scripture there, verse 3. We, we worship God in the Spirit. Beware, that is, be constantly observing. Be on the alert with a view to avoiding. We've got to be on the alert. We've got to have that discernment. You know, and that, I think that can come as we're rejoicing in God. We've got to have that discernment and be observing because the days are evil. You know, it says, I think, in uh, the Gospels that even the elect could be deceived. So we have to beware, don't we? Be constantly observing is what the Greek means. Dogs, a term of reproach used among both the Jews and Greeks. Those people that were of a reckless and shameless demeanor, uh, meaning in their sin and what they were uh, putting forth there. Paul called them evil workers. He called them that were trying to bring the law back upon um the Christian church here, the Philippian church, evil workers. He called them dogs. This term not only refers to evil actions and character, but specifically and intentionally working against the gospel. Even if they thought they were doing right, they were deceived, and they were working against the gospel, trying to bring them the, the, the Philippian church back under the laws of the Old Testament by saying they had to be circumcised again physically to be accepted it is what the real essence of it is. <clears throat> Let's look further. A picture of virile dogs. Virile dogs feeding on garbage off the street. You know, that's what these men were doing. These people were doing. These teachers of, of Judaism were doing. They were feeding on garbage. That is carnal ordinances. And the problem was they were feeding that garbage or trying to feed it to the Philippian church. You know, I don't want to beat on a dead horse there, but there is a group or two in the area here, saints that I've walked shoulder to shoulder with, uh, who sadly have gone back under this idea that we have to bring the law back in. Yes, the law has value. The 630 or 13 laws of the Talmud, they do have value. But you can, never, you can never fulfill them in your flesh. You can never fulfill them in your own strength. Jesus Christ fulfilled the law when he died on the cross and rose again. And, the, and that, what, that uh, four-inch uh, curtain was rent in two. And the law has been written on our hearts. And it's fulfilled in our hearts as we go on in the next part of this verse. For we are the circumcision. What's the key here? 
Not that we've done a lot of physical ordinances or been circumcised again, which is what this group wanted, but we worship and we, God in the spirit, we rejoice. Remember, I talked about rejoicing today. That's, that's what the true circumcision is. Okay? <clears throat> Beware of dogs. Mutilation speaks of those that mutilate. Paul said they were just cutting their flesh. There's a young people today that are cutting their flesh. You know, I don't know exactly all about that. I think it has to do with um, really being shameful in that. Um, I've known those close to me, some young people that have had that issue. That's that's what this reminds me of. It, 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 this is the mutilation Paul uh, talked about of pagan mutilations and cuttings of the flesh. See, there's nothing new under the sun, right? And people do that today. Sometimes I think uh, when they went to this, the, what is it, to the ten stations of the cross in other countries where on, on Easter week they'd crawl up to that cross, some of the Catholics, and I'm not putting the Catholics down, there's some that are born again and saved, okay, but they feel they have to go through this uh, procedure where they're crawling on glass, they're cutting themselves, uh, it's a works thing, to uh, be, be accepted by God. That's kind of what this is a picture of to me. Mutilating the flesh, you know. Um, it's a play on words used by Paul. He call, calls those not of the circumcision, uh, not of the circumcision, the true spirit circumcision, just merely mutilated. They're just mutilating or cutting the body. The Judaizers mutilated the message of the gospel by adding law to grace and recruiting converts to their movement. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. That's why you have to be careful as teachers, do we not? How we lead people. Mm. Um, they worship God in the Spirit. More literally, they worship God by the Spirit of God. Worship by the Spirit of God should be the rendering here. Let's look at that. For we are the circumcision who, let me see, try to read this here, who worship, uh, who worship God in the Spirit, or better yet, who worship by the Spirit of God. We are the true circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God. That's the true rendering of it. Worship could be compared to, and I'm going to tie this back into the picture of the virile dogs here, real worship of God, real rejoicing in God. I want to just put it in your spiritual memory bank, your spiritual spirit bank today that worship of God is feeding on God. We feed on God by rejoicing in Him, by worshiping Him. We're not feeding on the virile garbage that these dogs want to bring upon us. We're feeding on the Spirit of God. John 4.24, we talked about this. CJ um, gave you a beautiful um, thing, uh, a beautiful challenge to write on what it means to worship in spirit and in truth. John 4.24, we will worship in spirit and in truth. The time is coming. God's opened that up to us. We're not worshiping through ordinances or traditions or things we do or don't do. Yes, those can be important, but only if they're um, impressed upon us by the Spirit of God. Matthew 4.4, 4, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. You worship God, you rejoice in God, and he begins to speak to you his words, and you feed on that. They feed your soul. They, they nourish you, right? And then uh, it, go, it went on in that same chapter, like um, verse 32 through 34, Matthew 4, 4, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Down further in the chapter after he got done um bringing conversion to the woman at the well. The disciples came to him and said, aren't you hungry, Master? Time to eat now. You haven't eaten today. And he said, hey, hey, boys, you, I have meat to eat of that you know not of. Ooh, I have meat to eat of that you know not of. <laughs> you know, I know a minister once. I'm, I'm going down a rabbit trail, and I prayed this prayer, and God's done it for me a few times. Uh, I just need to continually... Uh, Keep this before my heart and my mind uh, that I want the Word of God. This represents the Word of God, my New King James Bible that 
a brother gave me that I would feast on that and have more of a desire for the meat and the food in here than actual food. Hey boys, uh, you know, I'm not worried about eating, eating in the flesh. I have meat to eat of, you know not of, and that's to do the will of my Father. And then on in chapter 6, after the feeding of the 5,000, beautiful portion, you need to drink of my blood and eat of my flesh. And it says after that, many did not walk with him after that. We need to eat of him each day. We need to, uh, you know, drink in his blood as it were. Take in his life. Feed on him. Yes, all the rest rejoice in the Lord. All the rest I will feed on him. I will worship by the Spirit of God. I will worship him. I will feast on you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen? Wow. Rejoice here refers to glorying and exulting. Paul was putting on display his testimony of living at a superior spiritual level. You can have, a, like Paul, a testimony of living at a superior spiritual level. Right? Right? How is that? <laughs> How is that? By feasting on him. Amen? It's going to come out in your life. I'm thinking of another scripture. I, I meant to just note it down here. Uh, it's, it's 2 Corinthians 3.18. Beholding as in a glass or a mirror the glory of the Lord, you're changed from glory unto glory unto glory. You know, that's feasting on the Lord, is it not? That's feeding on Him. Amen. Rejoice. Glory and exalting. Let's see. God... Uh, Try to read this again. I should have typed it out this way. We worship God in the Spirit. Worship is us feeding on God. Um, worship God, let me see, by the Spirit of God, feeding on Him. Um, let me see. Rejoice. Because I'm doing, that's a part, uh, a, a, a part of rejoicing is feeding on Him, worshiping in the Spirit. Mm. Confidence. That word there in this, in this passage means coming to a settled position or conviction about a matter. I hope I'm, I'm inspiring you to come to a settled position or conviction that as for the rest of my life, it will be a life of rejoicing and worship. Can we say that now? My life, the rest of my life, will be a life of rejoicing and worship. The rest of my life will be a life of rejoicing and worship. Say it again with me. The rest of my life will be a life of rejoicing and worship. Amen? No matter what's going on around about me. The Judaizers had come to a settled conviction in the need for the Old Testament law and rights to be added back into salvation. You know, that's the flesh. But Paul had come to another conviction, had he not? Let's go on. True spirituality, um, this is page four, is destroyed by works produced in one's flesh. Wow. Wow, you can't, you can't attain the spirituality we're talking about by working in the flesh. Can't be done. It's going to come out of a life of worship. It's going to come out of a life of rejoicing. Like I said, it's going to come out of a life of beholding him. You're going to become, what you behold the most of is what you're going to become like. And as you do that, as you do that, I don't care where you're at. You don't have to get good enough first today. Just start rejoicing. Just start worshiping. Just start praising. And God's going to begin to change you the way you need to be changed. Sometimes I think we see so many things. Again, I'm talking about different things here today in our lives. Well, this is a problem. That's a problem. You know, I mean, uh, Justin even brought it out last night. It was such a wonderful time we had on his coach's call about humility um, he said, hey, for some of you to start operating in God, what God has put on your heart, are you all worried about all those, you know, things in your life? There might be things in your life that you think you can't do that until you're this way or that. No, just start moving out. Same with worship, you know, same with coming into his presence, you know. Just come into his presence, and, he, and he'll make you into the vessel that you need to be. Let's read this one of my favorite scriptures. Luke 10:42 and Jesus answered and said to her Martha Martha 
You are worried and troubled about many things. <laughs> Is that you and I today? Are you worried and troubled about many things? About COVID-19? About what, you know... People may say to you on the job or uh, whatever it is you're going through about the bills you need to pay. You know, and I know I've been through some of these things. They're not easy. But you're troubled and worried about many things, you know. All these ordinances, all these things i got to do perfectly before I can minister to others. All these things i got to do perfectly before I can come in and be on Daddy or Abba's lap today. No, no, no. He says, but one thing is needed. One thing is needed. All the rest. What's all the rest? And Mary has chosen the good part, which will not be taken away from her. She knew how to rest in the presence of the Lord. She knew how to worship the Lord. She knew how to rejoice in the Lord. Did she not? Yes, she did. Amen. One thing is needed. <laughs> What's that one thing? To rejoice. To feed in the Spirit and on the Spirit of God today. To be fed by Him. To be nourished by Him. To get up on His lap and let Him love you. Remember, I read that scripture in the Old Testament there. I think Zephaniah. He wants to dance around you with joy. That's what He wants to do. Amen. <clears throat> there's, there's some scriptures here about real true circumcision. You can read them. I'm going to read Romans 2.29. But he is a Jew who is one inwardly. Yes. Yes, we're all Jewish today, are we not? And circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, <laughs> not in the letter. Praise is not from men, but from God. Circumcision means a, literally a cutting off of the flesh. Well, let me tell you, a circumcision of the spirit, you know, we, I, I've done this before. I'm a cerebral uh, analytical guy, Lord, I need to do this, I need to get rid of that, I need to do this. No, 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 my son, come into my presence. Let me give you a circumcision of the Spirit. I'll tell you, I'll reveal to you what needs to be cut off and how to do that. Um, don't try to do one in the flesh, you know. That's not, even if you do cut off certain things that you see, they may not last because you're doing them in your own strength. Let's go on. Though I also might have confidence in the flesh, well, if anyone thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I the more so. This is Paul. He's talking to them now. The Judaizers had confidence in their flesh. They trusted human attainments by the works they performed, like circumcision. They had went away from the supernatural system of salvation in God to a natural system in order to be saved by the works of man for God. I'm going to ask you today, have you been subtly deceived into going back into the works of the flesh to be approved? I hope not. Have you gone away from the supernatural presence and unction of God to maybe depending on your flesh? I hope not. I, I'm just going to put that out there. Paul pointed out to his own, Paul pointed out for them his own attainments and merits, saying he had more in the natural he could boast than any Judaizer, yet he cast that all off all his dependence on any of his achievements to appropriate the salvation which is only in Christ Jesus. Paul draws on this exhortation to warn the Philippians against the seductive snare of the Judaizers. Thinks or thinketh, when he talks about if anyone thinks he can have confidence in the flesh, he's talking about judging himself. Sometimes, you know, I, I've had a problem in the past, and I think God has delivered me from it, where I would look out and I would judge others, and I didn't really know them, and God had to deal with me about that. But one of the worst problems God brought to me that I had, and I still sometimes, the enemy would like to, would like to, uh, what should I say, try and trip me up in, is judging myself. You know, judging myself. You know, let God be my judge. Not my own flesh, you know, but let God be my judge, you know. Anyway, that's that's just extra credit there, extra word there. Now let's look at Paul's resume, verses 5 and 6. Why he had reason in his natural flesh to boast, if, if he wanted to, before these Judaizers. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, 
concerning the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness which is in the law blameless. So let's go on and just break this down a bit. Circumcised the eighth day, literally eight days old in circumcision. He was eight days old as a baby and he was circumcised. Paul was a pure-blooded Jew of the stock of Israel, or out of. This word denotes the origin, class, or country of a person. He was out of the stock of Israel. He was the real deal, as it were. Stock means origin. Origin, I'm sorry. Paul belonged to the well-favored tribe of Benjamin, who was true to David. You know, the, the two and a half or three and a half tribes that uh, became the tribe of Judah, he was of that group formed with the tribe of Judah as the restored nation of former captives from Babylon. Uh, let's look further. Hebrew of the Hebrews. He was fully Hebrews on, uh, a Hebrew on both sides of his lineage, from his mother's um, and his father's uh, genes, right? And he retained their language and customs. He wasn't a Hellenized Jew who read the Old Testament in, Greek, in the Greek language. He had zeal, literally meaning a strict... He was a strict Jew. He was fanatical. He was a Jew of the Jewish party that they called a zealot. He was a Jew's Jew, you could say. Persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. Paul's fanatical zeal was at such a fevered veneration and worship and pitch, his persecution of the Jews made him perfect in the eyes of, of um, I put the eyes of me or the eyes of himself, I guess. You know, maybe the eyes of the rest of the Jewish church uh, that was not, you know, that were still Jew. Second Corinthians eleven twenty two. Here's what Paul says: Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they of the seed of Abraham? So am I. See, he's he's drawing on this to show his proof of apostleship to the Corinthian church. That they, they had a lot of problems there, you know. Acts twenty three six. But when Paul perceived that one part were Sadducees and the other Pharisees, he cried out in the council, men and brethren, I'm a Pharisee, the son of a Pharisee. You know, he was telling him, hey, I'm of your seed, you know, and I'm going to witness to you of the, you know, what God has done in my life through accepting Jesus Christ. Verse 7, now we get down to the real heart of the matter. But what things were gained to me, all these things, being of the circumcision, being uh, of the tribe of Benjamin, being a Jew's Jew, persecuting the church because he thought he was doing right. All those things, what did he do? But those things were gained to me, these things I counted loss for Christ. Mm. What? The Greek language conveys a qualitative aspect, referring to something considered a gain or a loss. Things refer to verse 5 and 6, just what I've hit upon. You know, I counted those as lost. I, I just cast them aside. I got rid of them. You know, I didn't count them as, uh, you know, what would we say, um, getting me brownie points with the church or with God. Gain is plural, means gains. Those are these, very emphatic language here. These things I counted lost. These, all these things, all these, um, you know, trophies on my wall, so to speak because I was a Jew's Jew, because I was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. I counted as loss, you know. Loss means a singular loss. He counted all things gain as one thing he gave up, right? Mm. Beautiful Greek language construction here. This verse speaks of a process completed in the past, which is having present results. It's having present results. He's bringing life and ministry to the New Testament Church of Jesus Christ, is he not? After a mature consideration, counting the loss, counting the cost, Paul came to a settled conviction with regard to this issue. And I put down something here that I just jotted down when I was going through this this morning. What you have done yesterday has brought you to today. Where you're at today, right here, if you're here with me listening, what you have done in the past has led you up to where you are today 
and what you do from here on out will bring you to the future, okay? Uh, God has a great future ahead for you. doesn't matter what you have done in the past, whether it's great or whether it's not great, whether it was like Paul persecuting the church wrongly or whatever, uh, God has a great future for you. And, and we're building on that in the uh, king's company. We're building on that in the king's company. Um, wow. Let's go on. I just want to finish up with this one point here. That This is what stood out to me when I was going through this uh, this week. Um, God kept highlighting this for me. Philippians 3, 7. But what things were gained to me, these things I counted lost for Christ. Along with Hebrews 12, 1. So then, with endurance, let's also run the race that is laid out in front of us since we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us. Let, let's throw off any extra baggage. Get rid of the sin that trips us up. Weights, baggage, and loss. Let's end up talking about that for a second. Paul was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He was a heavyweight in the Jewish community and religious hierarchy, circumcised the eighth day, of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, concerning the law, a Pharisee. He knew the law inside and out, did he not? Concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. If anybody was close to fulfilling the law and being blameless, it was Paul. What happened? He gave it all up, all his achievements. Verse 7 says, These things that were gained to me I have counted loss. I've counted them, I think one translation says, I've counted them but dung, okay, for Christ. These accomplishments, achievements, the lineage he was from, he considered extra weight in the journey that he was presuming, pursuing. You know, he was pursuing, right? He counted them as extra weight. He had to cut that off. He had to get rid of it. Might have been hard in some ways to do that. In the Hebrew, the King James Version uses the phrase, lay aside, when we're talking about Hebrews 12.1, every weight. Weight is a bulk or mass, an encumbrance, whatever is prominent, a protuberance, a mass, hindrance, obstruction, impediment, impediment, restraint, emotional baggage. We could also say emotional baggage. He laid that all aside. And I think there's things that maybe we need to lay aside today in our pursuit of Christ, you know. And, and he needs to be the primary focus and the primary thing. We lay it all aside for him. Paul had such a marvelous, marvelous um, resume, as it were, uh, that you think that God, and I believe God did draw from it in his ministry to the New Testament church, and yet he had to lay it all aside, did he not? And, you know, you have a lot of talents and abilities and giftings, maybe. And I, I believe God's given me some things, too. But we have to lay it all aside and, and get rid of it, so to speak, to serve him. Uh, I was going to put another scripture in here about, uh, you know, it's a beautiful word picture about where... Uh, I think it was Abraham was was uh, all ready to offer Isaac. He had to give up Isaac. He had to give up his Isaac. And, and he was just ready to plunge the knife in. And I believe God came and spoke to him. Now I know that, you, you know, you're, you're willing to give up your most precious thing for me. Um, that's what God was speaking to. And, yes, God's given us many gifts here at the King's Company. And uh, he's given you many talents and abilities. Uh, but we have to give them totally over to him. We have to, in a way, count them as loss. And if we truly do that, God will be able to breathe life, I believe, back into them and use them. We can't depend on those things. You know, uh, Paul couldn't depend on all his um, giftings and talents that he had. Um, and that's that's my message. A loss of baggage. Are you carrying around baggage today? 
You know, are you looking to your own strengths and abilities? Or are you are you giving it back to him and counting it as loss? Uh, that's what I want to get at in the end here. A loss of baggage. You know, um, I counted these things as loss. Let's see. I want to read that passage again. Just kind of end up there. But what things were gained to me, I have counted loss for Christ. You know, I've given them all up. Uh, if you never use me in these gifts, that's fine. You know, I'm giving them all up for you. Um, that was my message for today from Philippians 3, 1 to 7. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the things to you is not tedious, but for you it is safe. Okay? For you it is safe. Beware of dogs, of evil workers. Beware of the mutilation. For we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh, though I might also have confidence in the flesh. If anyone thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I the more so circumcise the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, concerning the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness which is in the law, I was basically blameless, he said. But what things were gained to me, I've counted loss for Christ. Mm. Are you counting it all as a loss for him today? Are you counting it all as giving it over to him and, and I believe he'll use it again for his glory if it's all given over to him. You know, that's what I'm thinking. So, Father, I just ask that you take this word and you just uh, implant it in the hearts of those that have been here today, that listen tomorrow, listen in the future, that it will do a work in their hearts, that they look to you and, and they, they realize that you are the author and the finisher of their faith, that you are the one that... Uh, is going to lift them up, that you are the one that's going to bring to fruition the gifts and the calling in their life. And it's not the gift and the calling, but it's you, the author of that gift and calling, that, that is the most important. Be with each one now. Teach us how to really rejoice in any circumstance, in any situation. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for another great discussion on The Kingdom Corner, hosted by Matt Geib. Remember to click the subscribe button so you can be notified of each new episode as it's released. To enjoy an even deeper dive into God's Word, check out Matt's new devotional book, Searching for Significance, a devotional journey through the book of Ecclesiastes. Learn more and even hear from Matt himself on the devotional website, significanceacademy.com. As always, thank you for being a part of The Kingdom Corner.